It's that time again to talk some UMAC basketball. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Ryan Mitchell alongside Wyatt Morrell. Wyatt, the turkey is going to be in the oven real soon. Just thinking about it, I can kind of already smell it. Thanksgiving is real close. That means we're really heating up. Hoop season well underway. How we doing? One thing at a time here, Ryan. One thing at a time. Let's get to Thanksgiving first. Enjoy that time and this little stretch that we have off because before you know it, this will all go by extremely quick and we'll be talking about the off season and stuff like that. So live as you like to say in the moment. Enjoy the season as Mike Tice would say. (laughs) But yes, we are almost there and it's exciting to think about considering, you know, where we've been at in the past year to get to this point and get back to what's hopefully going to be a completely normal conference slate. Don't worry, I'm very much in the moment. I always tell people do <laughs> I not, know you are. do not go ahead to Christmas too fast. Thanksgiving is slept on way too often. So in all There's, seriousness, uh... folks, get with your family this week, enjoy the time, stuff your belly if you can, get some pumpkin pie, some potatoes, some turkey. You know why and I will be doing that and I can't wait for Thanksgiving. The- there's our rant of the week, by the way, right there. It is not okay to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving, okay? Give it a day or two after Thanksgiving. If you have a problem with that, let us know. You can email us, uaotheumac at gmail.com. Or more importantly, if you have questions relating to UMAC basketball, you can also email us. Follow us on Twitter as well, unlike any other, the UMAC. Glad that got brought up organically. Now we can move on, Ryan, and continue with our episode this week. Yeah, it's a uh, loaded episode this week, Wyatt. Lots of stuff to get to. We're just going to do our couple of bullet points, if you will, before we get to some great interviews that we really think people are going to enjoy. Starting off, Wyatt, with the three things that we said last week that we were looking forward to keeping an eye on heading into this past week, through the week, and now we're going to recap how those storylines have developed, if you will, and I'll uh, kick it over to you to get us started on that. Yeah, sometimes we go in the same order that we talked about. We can mix it up, though, and go backwards like we've done before. So our third storyline from last week, or at least what I had written down, was the Superior Men's Team. And you might just be hearing a little bit more about them coming up a little little later on. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, anyways, Ryan, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about what they did this past week. Yeah, a... Uh great test this week for coach Polkowski and his staff getting on the road for a couple of matchups starting off with the showdown against a very familiar foe the Saints Scholastica Saints now a member of the Mayak making the short trek across the border across the bridge to Duluth to take on the Saints Wednesday night a very competitive contest they were in it late falling by just nine points but they had an opportunity to take it down the stretch not able to do so Not a lot of time to lick their wounds, though, Wyatt. Getting back to campus, little time to practice, back on the road. Another UMAC v. Mayak matchup on the road in Moorhead on Saturday where they were able to pick up a tight victory over the Concordia Cobbers. A big win for them on the road to build some confidence heading into the rest of this non-conference slate for them. So I think we learned some things for Superior Men's Basketball this past week with that split over the pair of Mayak clubs. Yeah, and I mean, the the bottom line is you try to start playing your best basketball as we get towards that conference season. And just like every other team, they're still learning things about themselves and they're trying to improve. And rebounding is going to be a big thing. It's something we talked about quite a bit 
with them as far as they're so guard oriented if you will and just with the size and everything and that's something where if they're able to rebound well I think you've been able to see they're going to have success so that'll be something to continue to monitor with them as we move forward this season uh with that being said the second one was the power rankings for the women and just the shift that might be starting to happen and, and that kind of got spurred from Brooklyn DeCam for Northwestern, the news that came out that she's not going to be able to play with the, well, it was the MCL, correct? Or was it ACL? ACL. I, I can't yeah. remember. It was ACL. ACL. So yeah. regardless, season-ending injury, which is just terrible news for Northwestern. And that got us thinking, is there maybe a shift starting to happen there? I guess I don't really know if we could say anything from this last week changed anything. I mean, would you go that far based on some of the results that you saw? No, I mean, you know, Bethany, I'll mention, has continued to play a tough non-conference slate. They fell Saturday night in Chicago against a, a school that I'm very familiar with, and we don't have to get into that, but another tight loss. Well, I mean, if we have time, if you want to. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of connections with North Park. I'll just leave it there. I got a soft spot for the city of Chicago, so... uh I kind of wish I was tuned in for that one, but uh, I was preoccupied with some other things on Saturday when that contest was going down. But another loss for them, White, but I still think they have to be at the top. But it's worth noting once more, we're beating the dead horse, but we're going to keep doing it until we know, Wyatt. Where is Abby Olsen? I don't know. Do you know? She's still I was going to say, are you, at, are you asking me? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Why don't we just completely turn that into something with Bethany, though? I didn't know if you wanted to talk about this or not, but there are two guys on their men's team that are just kind of key pieces we're also missing. So what is going on in Mankato, Ryan? I don't understand. We got players yeah. who are supposed to be stars on these teams, and they're not playing. Yeah, in all seriousness, we hope they're all right. We hope they're back soon because their clubs are different when they're on the floor. But since you brought it up, Wyatt, I mean, do we do we want to we'll, – we'll leave that for a little bit later, maybe the Bethany men talking about that. Whatever you want to do. That's going to come later. I, I'm just going to say it point blank. I promise that will come up a, a little later. So stay tuned for that. But, yeah, on the woman's side of things, I mean, Geisfeld has still been a beast. I mentioned they lose 74-67 on the road in Chicago. Wyatt, another double-double. Ho-hum. 30 points. She can't do it herself, though. I mean, 30, there's yeah. going to have to be help exactly. from somewhere. But, I mean, it's not surprising at this point when we've seen what she's done over the years. And even at the beginning of this year, it's almost like it's expected at this point. That's yeah. how good she's been. 30-11, and 11, not enough for them, but you're right. They're going to need it from some other players as well, and they're very experienced. So I don't have any doubt that eventually they're going to figure it out. And we mentioned at the start of the season – they find a way to play their best basketball down the stretch. So I, I think they'll totally figure it out. North Central had a very convincing victory. You and I talked a little bit off mic about how we kind of saw that coming with the opponent they were playing against, and we'll just leave it at that. But Coach <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach Bruder's club I has mean, been uh, firing on almost all cylinders, if not all cylinders so far this season, Wyatt, you could say. And uh, they got a lot of scoring threats. They're spreading the love around. And as he likes to say, they're they're sharing the sugar. Is that how he said it? I think that is how he said it. I'm still caught up on downtown you and just how that's that's what they are now. Um, you basically just trashed the program they were playing without actually trashing them with how, how you phrased that. So, I mean... But no, you're right. They had four different players... Oh, excuse me. Six different players in double figures in that game. So, yeah, I mean, they're... They're showing they got a lot of different threats and ways to beat you. You can't just take out one or two players, and that might actually be part of the issue that Bethany's having right now is that, I mean, Geisfeld's getting her numbers, but at the same time, if you just even limit her to a certain extent, they're finding different ways to struggle and not quite get the job done. But we won't read into it too much, but yes, North Central certainly, certainly playing well. 
And then, I mean, I don't know if the injury for Northwestern and the different things we're seeing necessarily affected the middle tier that much or what we can say. And I don't know if there's much from this past week, again, that we can really determine off of that. So we'll maybe just leave it at that. But we'll also be following up on that as we get closer to the conference season. And as those first conference results start to come in, we can maybe touch on that more. The last one was injuries and absences was something we were going to keep an eye on. Crown had some players return. I know you said, Ryan, on the men's side of things. Why don't you talk about that? You're more in tune to what happened there and what's going on than I am, so I'm just going to kick it over to you on that one. Hey, you know, I'm just box score hunting left and right. That's all I'm doing. So, yeah, they they uh, they had a pair of games this past weekend, Wyatt, and good to see after they had some COVID issues here recently that we talked about in the last pod. It looks like they're pretty close to 100% back, if not all the way back to 100%. They had their normal starting five for both their contests this weekend and a little two quick games invitational I guess you could say taking place in Waukesha Wisconsin a pair of losses for them but they got their guys back a couple tough non-conference contests but their two leaders Cade Carroll and Seth Royston back in the starting lineup for them so that's great to see uh, Northwestern looks to be in pretty good shapes as far as the men's squad goes after they had a game canceled against Scholastica a little bit earlier that we talked about in the last pod as well and so Things look to be progressing forward. We mentioned it, Wyatt. I'll say it again. You and I are going to stay positive throughout this whole journey. There's going to be stay speed positive, bumps. test negative. Exactly. Shout out to John Rothstein. Uh, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be speed bumps. There's going to be roadblocks. But that's the game of life, Wyatt. You know. So we're not too surprised with it. We're going to continue to push forward, and we're going to keep this train moving along. We've already had enough stoppages and again i'm not going to get political but just stopping everything doesn't just magically you, fix everything you, you always say that I, one of these days i wish you would get political and we could actually have a conversation about it yeah. maybe that would that no obviously that's not what people want to listen to but anyways oh uh, yeah yeah all i was saying why is the solution to everything is not just let's just stop everything and then figure yep. it out later yes sometimes you have to change course a little bit but we're going to keep this train moving down the tracks and i'll just leave it at that before i get in any more trouble i prefer the common sense approach but uh that's just (laughs) me and you know get off the tracks free trains coming all that stuff but anyways with that i think we can move forward like you said maybe we'll hear more about northwestern basketball a little bit later on too ryan i don't know just well you know i just realized i don't know why i tease this because we put it in our episode description anyways so they already know who the guests are at this hey, point some, so some people why it maybe you know like the pod they, so they much. breeze over it well that no they like it so much they trust it's going to be good they just hit the play button and then they see what and they don't even look at it okay so maybe i still can tease it is what you're saying maybe uh anyways we're moving on from that there is not going to be three storylines this upcoming week because it's a lighter week with as ryan said thanksgiving coming up and conference play looming around the corner so there's not not that we couldn't come up with three things because i mean i'm sure we could have if we really wanted to but you know, we're not going to force something that isn't there. There is a few other things we need to talk about. I'd say I'd rather just talk about the Bethany thing right now, Ryan. So I'll let you kind of take the lead on that one. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the woman's side of things for the Vikings, but for the men's side of things, something worth noting uh, in the two contests that they had this past weekend as well. I mentioned Crown played a couple in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The Vikings did as well, and in both of those contests, Wyatt, from what I'm seeing in the box scores, and again, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but we are recording on Sunday night, November the 21st, so yesterday and Friday, two games for Bethany. They split the contest, but in both those games, Wyatt, no Kyrie Mayfield, 
and no Brian Smith. That's that's something worth keeping an eye on. Moving it's alarming, forward. very alarming. I mean, like I said, what's going on in Mankato? Why aren't these star players? And again, I'll say and... it. We hope it's yeah. We hope they're I mean, back soon. We hope for obviously, the obviously, it's something, and we hope whatever it is is the best case scenario so that they can get back on the court as soon as possible. I mean, it's better for everybody's sake when they're playing for the brand the UMAC basketball has, the level of competition. Uh, so we're, we're obviously very hopeful that they return from whatever it may be. But, hey, and, I mean, credit to them, Wyatt, from that standpoint. Saturday against a good Carroll club. Get the win. Getting the dub. Scoring 48 yeah. in the second half. Different guys stepping up to still win without those two leading the way. Absolutely. Good. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because they found a way to get it done still. Uh, are we moving on? Do you have our attention next now? Is that the next thing that that's, we have? So That's on my docket here. I like to go ladies first. You know that, Ryan, because I'm such a gentleman myself. But <laughs> we, anyways, we try to be. We try to be. We, yeah, you're right. I'm not all the time, but I try to be. But <laughs> um, you're going to take this one because you know more about this and have got to watch this team quite a bit this year. But I hear there's a pretty good freshman class down there at the Erickson Center on the University of Northwestern St. Paul, and that's what's caught your attention this week. Yeah, Wyatt, we, uh, we've known it for uh, some time coming into the season. People around Northwestern, Coach Call, his coaching staff, raving about this freshman class coming in. And we weren't quite sure how much of an opportunity they were going to get early on. With the injury to Brooklyn DeCam, such a key member of this squad, being totally out of the picture, unfortunately, this season for Northwestern, as far as on the floor goes, that is. And just with how they've been able to step to the plate and perform early in the season, they're going to be a big factor. First one I'll mention, Lexi Hagen. Looks like a lot of what Brooklyn DeCam did early in her career and the role that she worked into throughout her Eagle career, it looks like Hagen could be following a similar path. Wyatt, what I mean by that is has some size, has some height. I guess you could slot in as a forward shooting slasher. Yet slasher. Shoots the ball well, can rebound, drive it to the hoop, space the floor, knock down some triples, and again, I won't go too much further into it. But other freshmen stepping up as well, Grace Landvik at the guard position, Riley Hershey stepping up, having a big JV performance to get herself elevated to varsity, get some good playing time with that squad. Taylor Shuck, another freshman out of Maple Grove, Jasmine Sandrol, a post who loves to splash it to the corner, can knock down some triples. Fun fact, her sister is a junior on Minnesota Morris, how about them apples? And there's even more <laughs> freshmen after that as well. There's uh, just the ones that are top of mind for me watching Northwestern basketball, as you mentioned, Wyatt, with two games this past week. They picked up the win over St. Kate's, another UMAC over Wyack. Wyack, excuse me, Mayak. Yeah, they're just as good. Like I said, we're not going to go that far and say they're as good as the Wyack. No, but, no, but as I was uh, saying, we love to see it. Another UMAC over Wyack this past Wednesday. And then on Saturday, Northwestern lost in the Erickson Center compelling game, though, and they're playing the number six team in the country, Simpson College. So tall test. No excuses, Ryan. I mean, I, you know, hey, results, right? I didn't come into that game, Wyatt, saying this is a guaranteed loss. I was positive coming in saying anything can happen because that's how you always should walk into a gym if you're not doing that then you're not living the game of basketball the right way saying anything could happen tonight amen yeah because we've seen it too many times why where you think something's gonna happen you're pretty sure it's gonna happen and then as soon as you get comfortable bam something totally different happens so just come in with an open mind each and every and, th- and this is only november i mean this we're not even november. into march <laughs> you're totally right so uh 
Anyway, I'm totally rambling, but Northwestern's freshman class, why? You have caught They've our ca- attention because they're going to be a key factor throughout this season for the Eagles with how they're able to hang at the top, if you will. If they can do so, if they can challenge the North Centrals and the Bethanies down the stretch without Brooklyn to Cam, it's probably going to come down to how do those role players as freshmen step up, fill some big shoes for Northwestern. Yeah, and our thing is that you've caught our attention, but if I'm just being completely honest, they've caught your attention because you're saying all these names, and uh, my time is clearly come and gone from Northwestern at this point. I mean, it's kind of sad in a way, Ryan, because I'm only you know one year removed, but we're already getting to the point where it's like the, the names that I'm used to calling out and remembering from my broadcasting days there that those aren't the names anymore. So in a way, it's a little sad for me to hear all these, but it's well, good to know that the team is in good hands moving yeah. forward as well. They're not all gone, though, Wyatt. There's still no, they're a not. lot of them that you know. There's the Haley Pop and Megan I'm just Roberts saying we're starting, yeah. we're starting down that path, and you know, it, it, we're going to get there at some point. It's sad to think about sometimes. So Time continues to roll on, yes. Time rolls on. It doesn't stop for anybody. On the men's side of things, this was a pretty obvious one for us this week. Minnesota Morris's offense, it was brought to our attention. Shout out to Taft. He's sending us all these great things. He's a player there for Morris. He's telling us that guys are injured for some of their games. He's giving us some in-depth information. So shout out to him. That's what we're looking for. I mean, if you can provide us that, we're going to love you, you know, and give you a lot of attention the rest of the year. So shout out to them. Shout out to his dunk, which was on Twitter, and we quote tweeted it. So look that up. Unlike any other, the UMAC, you can see that. And also just shout out to them for giving such a great response to that tweet as well. I mean, they clearly seem to be buying into what we're doing. So they deserve a lot of praise and credit for what's going on there. And Ryan, I don't think it's a matter of questioning if their offense is going to be able to deliver this year. It's going to be defense. They have caught our attention on the offensive side of things. Yeah, and we kind of talked about that a little bit in our season preview-wide and saying what exactly you just said. It's going to be their defense down the stretch that's going to decide something. But not just that, they've been scoring so much offensively, Wyatt, but going back to those injuries you mentioned, just look how deep their box scores are, if you will. Yeah. You look up the numbers after these contests, it's not just – a couple guys in the starting five. We know Dylan Hyder can light it up. We know Kenneth Riley's been there for a long time. He can light it up. We know that Dak's a great player, can put the ball on the floor and score, can shoot it as well. They're so deep, underclassmen, upperclassmen, up and down the box score, and that's going to pay dividends for them later on this season if they do have more injuries, more guys missing time, and say, hey, you know what? We trust this sophomore. We trust this freshman. We trust this guy who we didn't think would have much experience, but hey, he did it in November. We're in February. We need some buckets. We're going to send you out, and we're going to trust that you can do it. So, you know, Coach Groves Club loves what they're seeing early this season. And at the end of the day, Wyatt, as you said before, and we'll mention it again, all these wins in non-conference, sure, they're great. They feel good. You always want to win whenever you lace them up, of course. You non-conference for show. You conference for dough, okay? And UMAC play is where you got to make your hay. Okay, the the the, <laughs> the second part of it there made. <laughs> yeah, gotta compose myself a little bit here. The second second part of that made that a lot better. I'll just I'll leave it at that. I don't it's, know it's I true. That was so funny. The, the, the only way true. you make any it noise is true. and it's a great analogy and can play deeper into the season uh, is if you have success in UMAC play and have success in the UMAC <laughs> tournament. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a great analogy. I just the first part of it was kind of like, yeah, and then you you came with that, and that's a good way to end it. So no, you're absolutely right though, and they have caught our attention, and there's just so much going on, and so much we have to try and keep track of. 
I keep saying we'll we'll be following up on that. I got to stop saying saying that because I don't know if I can guarantee that with everything that's happening. I mean, it's just we're getting to that time of the year and it's exciting. And now it's just a matter to see how all these storylines unfold and play out. So uh, with that, I think all that's left is a little buy or sell. And I think you're the one in the driver's seat this time. You're, you're pointing at me like you well, got something else. No, I am. And we can get to that in a moment. But you told me you had the numbers. The update for the UMass. Yeah, you're Mike. right. You're Everyone's right. I waiting. totally. Everybody, why don't we just say that right off the top? Um, <laughs> the UMAC, unfortunately, now has a losing record against the Mayak, thirteen and fourteen. So, and that's going combined. back to that. And women's. That's combined. I was gonna say the women are still in control, seven five. So you know, men, if you could pick it up a little <laughs> bit, raise that level up for us. They're six and nine, so that total brings us to. 13 and 14 there's still a chance they end with a winning record obviously there's some more games on the schedule but it's going to be really close and that was one of the buy or sell questions i actually had for you last week and you said you had to buy it obviously with what we were promoting and i still would buy it and think yeah. it absolutely could happen there's been a lot of close games close losses so uh we'll, we'll keep an eye on that but as of now that's the latest update this week as again as you said recording on sunday november 21st 13 and 14 overall Women still holding a slight edge, men just trailing slightly in the season series. Alrighty. You want to move on to buy or sell? I mean, I'm waiting because you 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 got a few for me and you're trying to yeah. figure out how you're gonna tie some of these in, and now I get to be the one in this position, so let's do it. Alrighty, so I'm gonna start off with a bigger picture one, and we don't know too much, but we know enough wide. Okay, there's been a handful of games for each and every team. I think we've taken our analysis further from our season previews of what we think of each squad so are you buying or selling that we will have at least one different postseason tournament champion on either the men's or women's side so on the men's side that means someone other than northwestern is going to cut down the nets after the umac championship and on the women's side that means that it's going to be someone other than then Bethany Lutheran, have you seen something to say you would like to buy that, or are you selling, saying that Bethany and Northwestern are too good? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely buying that, and we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I think North Central on the women's side is the favorite, and I get their opponent this week wasn't exactly <laughs> what you would call a top-notch test, but... With what I've seen from them, their balance, we know they like to shoot the three. They're well-coached, disciplined. The turnaround they've had in the last few years to get to where they are, it just seems like to me this is their kind of year. And now I understand Northwestern has a strong freshman class, but with the cam out and with the way Bethany's been struggling a little bit early on, to me, North Central seems like they should be the favorite in that spot. And if we were to re-rank those teams today from the beginning of the season for going into conference play, they would be my number one. So I absolutely have to buy that. On the men's side, with the unknowns right now with Smith and Mayfield and you know knowing Northwestern is Northwestern, obviously I would say they're still the favorite. But on the women's side, I have to buy it because I think that North Central can absolutely do it. And to me, they should be the favorite. Love it. Love the answer. Alrighty, next one. Going back to what we talked about, with Bethany Lutheran, Brian Smith and Kyrie Mayfield out the last yep. couple of games. This is very hypothetical because we don't know what's going on in the future. But we talked about going into the season. They have complementary pieces. Hunter Nielsen, 
we got to give him a shout out. He's a stud. We've seen it early this season. He can block shots. He gets on the glass. And as you mentioned, Wyatt, seemingly every one of his buckets is going to be within a couple feet of the hoop, it seems like, and it's going to be a throwdown. But there's no shame in that because your guy, Drew Timmy for Gonzaga, he does a lot of that as well. So no shame in that. Hey, stop me there. You gave me well, a <laughs> when, when, when you say no shame, but just the way that you even have to say that, you make it sound like there is shame to that. There Drew, isn't. Timmy's the, be- Drew Timmy's the best player in college basketball. Let's to just be put honest it that with way. you, Wyatt, we need more old school post players in all levels yeah. of basketball. I want to see more of it. I, I want to see the big man score, and then when he knocks his defender down, give the old little, you know, where he's saying he's too little as yep. he runs back down. I love that. I mean, that's the way it should be. And so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. More old school like that. There's no shame in it. More celebrations too. Drew Timmy stroking so, the mustache. He, he does a little <laughs> too much of that, but I gotta say, if you're going to buy into something and you're going to have that personality, why not go all out? I guess just when we're down 20 in the national championship, I could do without the celebration. So that, that's what annoys me. Did you ask your buy or sell you no, no, that no, question I'm not there or no? Okay. I didn't, part of the way you, through. I didn't know if you got there okay. or not, but anyway. So like I said, this is very hypothetical, but even when they've been in it, it's not like Smith and Mayfield have been the runaways. It's been a little slow start in the box score, at least, for Kyrie Mayfield this season. So my question is, Wyatt, can Bethany still finish in the top three of the UMAC this season at the end of the year if either Kyrie Mayfield or Brian Smith is not one of their leading scores, meaning first or second, if it has to be someone else? Can they still finish so, in the top three? Are you buying that yeah. or selling? So obviously we would probably assume the only way that happens is if they are out for a longer period of time. Because who knows? Yeah, but you never know. Troop has been great to start the season. Nielsen could maybe score more. The Malinkovichs are still there. We don't know. You you don't know for sure. And let's say regardless, if if they are playing and they're not, yeah, I still think they could finish in the top three because there's enough talent and depth there, and we've seen it in years past and in big games. Other guys can step up and make plays, and the Malinkoviches especially. So I, I don't think there's any question the Vikings can still finish in the top three, and it, it maybe is a different story if those two guys aren't on the court. We're going to assume they're going to be, obviously. But even if they're on the court and not scoring in the top three, they still open up the offense so much more, and other guys are going to get their chance to eat and feast and stuff. So looking at what the conference has to offer, I'm going to say that they can finish in the top three. So I would buy that they can finish it in the top three if one of those two guys isn't scoring at a high rate. So we got two buys so far, is that correct? Two buys so far, yeah. Would you disagree with either one, I guess, from your perspective? No, I can, I can see your logic. I'd probably be saying the same thing. Okay, I got one more for you, all right? Yep. Staying on the men's side of things. Talking about Crown once more. Will Crown men's basketball this season, at the end of the regular season, crack the top half, meaning they are in the top four? Last season, they were in the number five slot. But remember, there were nine teams. Scholastica is no longer in the UMAC. And not that I have to remind you, Wyatt, but I will before you answer. Coming into the season, you had Crown as number five. You you kind of do have to remind me sometimes. I forget what I say half the time. So are you buying that they'll be in the top four when we're all said and done? Or are you selling and saying they will not be in the top four? See, this is what I love. I love you sighing because you know what? It means yeah, I give this, you at least a I will decent say, question. I, I will say the first two were fairly easy answers for me. This one's a little bit tougher. 
That is a really tough question because Crown's been playing so well at the beginning of the year, but I also still really like what Superior has going, and even Morris now with their offense being electric, I think that's just a huge mess right there in the middle. So to be honest, just knowing how close and tight it is early, I would probably have to sell it and say that would be the safe answer just knowing what Morris has to offer and what Superior has to offer, I basically, I'm assuming North Central is still going to take a top three spot, if anything, top four. And then you got Bethany and Northwestern, so that leaves that one spot. And I'd rather have two teams versus one, I guess, for that last spot. So I'm just looking at it from that point of view, and I would say I would sell it. Although it's not going to shock me or surprise me if they get into that top four spot, because they are very talented, and I've loved what I've seen so far from them. So... That is a really tough question. I'm going to sell it, take my odds with the other two versus just Crown. What would you do, I guess? See, did did I flip all of them, or did we do this last, oh, last see, week? Now you don't even other remember way? what you said. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying last week when you gave them to me, was I flipping them back on you like you, you're doing you with me? You can say <laughs> that you're holding your comments until farther notice or you decline <laughs> to speak. That's fine. I no, mean, no, no. I think I can I give think, you an answer. Yeah. I think you asked me once or twice. I'm just curious. I I totally see your logic and that you're going to take the odds that either Superior or Morris is going to be in that number four slot. It's really close because you mentioned that it is. mash that we have in the middle between those three. You could change them out any way you want. I'm going to say a caveat. If they're healthy and their starting five is there, I think Crown will find a way to be number four. At this time, we can still change our opinion and Morris has been so deep we've seen so far this season. Superior's really starting to buckle down defensively. More on that later in this pod. So there's a lot of things to chew on there between those three teams, but I would say I'm buying that, that they're going to crack the top half, but I see why you sold it. It's kind of a cop-out answer because you say there's contingencies if they're going to well, be in there, though. And I understand, but I'm saying I just yeah. want a straight-up answer, though. Yeah, As I'm, banking, right I'm banking on they're going to be healthy. All their yeah. guys are going to be there, so I'm buying it because of that. All right, sounds good. So, I can I can agree with but that. But you heard it here first, folks, and we know that Coach Herbert and Coach Singh for the Crown Coaching staff are supporters of the pod, and they listen. There is your bulletin <laughs> board n- material. For now, I mean, yeah, Wyatt I was going to say, we, we don't on November know the 21st, how much longer, but... says that you guys will not finish in the top half of the UMAC, so prove, prove Wyatt wrong. There's your bulletin I, board material. And there's other people from Crown as well, other connections... That I didn't mention that also listen to the pod. So make sure the coaches know that you have bulletin board material from Wyatt Morrell. Uh, you just, yeah, I mean, you really want to make sure they know that. I guess I'm just, I, I just detest Crown apparently, and I don't believe in them. It's not, it's not what I said at all. I think they very well can. I'm just going to take the two over the one anytime. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand your logic. So uh, hopefully folks enjoyed that once again. Hopefully we, uh, why yeah. I didn't get too hot as I put him on the burner there, but you can cool down now. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back again next week. We'll see what next week's episode has to offer, obviously, with it being Thanksgiving week. We're, we're working on some more interviews and stuff and to get lined up. And speaking of interviews, Ryan, we've babbled long enough and dragged yeah. on. I think it's time to get to those. So why don't you get us started with that and we can get rolling with what people actually came to listen to with this podcast. Pleased to be joined by Caleb Waldeck and Kyle K-Mink on this week's edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Caleb and Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for appreciate having us. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, seriously. 
Alrighty, so to set the scene for people who don't know, both you guys seniors on the squad this year for Northwestern. Caleb, you're a captain on the club. Kyle coming off of a great season last year. First off, a question for both of you guys. Caleb, if you want to start, and then Kyle. You guys ended last year on quite a high note, winning the NCCAA National Championship. You guys go on a heck of a run, a winning streak to end the season, multiple close games, all culminating in a national championship. How do you stay hungry heading into this season, if you will? Caleb, you first, and then Kyle. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly a mix of of still enjoying that of last season and taking lessons that we learned from last year. But then, like you said, um, to stay hungry, I think in a way we kind of have to forget about it, if that makes sense, and just kind of, um, you know, everybody starts from, from day one, from day zero, however you want to, however you want to say it. And um, everything that we accomplished last year doesn't mean much this year, to be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a fresh start. We have quite a few guys that were returning, which is awesome. But um, each and every game and day and practice or a game, we have to go prove ourselves again this year. So um, kind of keeping that mindset of um, nothing's going to be just handed to us. We have to go earn it, I think has been the key so far. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with Wally. Um, it was a super fun journey and super fun road last year, but it's a new year. It's all over now. So in a sense, it's just sort of flip the page. You're moving. And we took two losses earlier this year already. Close games, two losses to two good teams. So say you were hungry or motivated before that, after those two games, I mean, yeah, I don't. nobody on our team really likes losing. And um, that'll get you going too, if you're not already going. Yeah, going off of that, Kyle, is that something that sometimes can be a challenge? Is that something you have to remind the younger guys of as well? Is you obviously want to win non-conference games, but in the grand scheme of things, you're building towards that conference season as well, and then into the conference tournament. So with some of these younger guys, have you two as more of the seasoned veterans found that to be a challenge, maybe trying to let them know that's not the biggest deal in the world. It's not the do-all, end-all, if if you will. And just to make it easier, Kyle, you go first this time, then Caleb next, since you guys aren't next to each other, and we'll just keep going one at a time like that. Yeah, for sure. I think our coach, Coach Groves, does a great job of um, using the slogan, compete with purpose, and play every game like it's a championship game. So he already does a good job of like putting that in our mind and putting that in our mindset that like every day is important, every game is important. We want to win every game. But um, our identity and whatnot is not found in, like, winning and losing. It's found in, like, who we play for, in a sense. So that is always good. And also for the young guys, it's also, I feel like, I like, this might sound weird, but after going through two really close losses and whatnot, it's not always the worst thing because I feel like you get better from them a lot of, in a lot of situations, and you can get better from them if you look at them in the, in the right lens. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just am I'm optimistic. So I, I, motion basketball gets better as the, as the year goes on. And um, I already see improvement in us as a team. And I think we'll continue to see that improvement. Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Kyle said it just about as perfect as he can, is that, um, yeah, truly we are building for, for the end of the year, especially offensively. It, it comes together um, later in the year sometimes. Um, and that's not to say that the start of the year is just a wrap or that we just throw in the towel at the start of the year. But um, we still want to compete and win these early games. And it still, it still stinks when we lose. Like I know Kyle was, was out last game with his hip, and um, losing that game when, 
if we had him suited up, we probably would have had a better chance to, to win that one. Like, that still hurts. Um, and we want to try and win every game, whether it's preseason, um, um, conference, you know, playoffs, whatever it is. We're obviously trying to compete and win. But ultimately we know that we're building for for uh, for an important goal and um, that sometimes that delayed gratification is, is worth it. So. And just to, like, follow up with what Wally said, we play in a way that, like, we can compete with the best teams in the country. We feel like we have a good motion offense. We really value defense and rebounding, and all those things are pushed in onto us and into us from coach. And we just want to play in the way where we can compete with the best teams. So it doesn't matter who we're playing. Competition doesn't matter if you focus on yourselves and you're always trying to get the best out of yourselves. That's what the best do, I think. You're always competing against yourself, if you will, every time you lace mm-hmm. them up. So we definitely mm-hmm. understand that. Little, little bit off the court now. I know both of you guys are pretty good athletes. If you were not playing basketball at Northwestern and you had to be playing on another team, if you can pick and choose what other sport you would be playing, what sport would that be? First you, Caleb, and then Kyle. Wow. What other sport I would be playing? Ooh, man, that's a good question. I'm going to have to go with some... Uh, Beach volleyball, so I can get my tan. I can get my tan on, be by the ocean, be in a suit, you know, just living lavish. I probably have to go with some beach volleyball. Do I have to remind you, Waldeck, that uh, we're not at your homeland in California, out west? I I don't think beach volleyball is happening in the Twin Cities. (laughs) Yeah, not here. I'd, I'd probably have to hop on a plane to go play some beach volleyball, but you know, I mean, it could still be an enjoyable journey. I'd say. I, I gotta give I gotta give you a hard time real quick because I was joking with Wyatt earlier about this question. I said there's only <laughs> one answer that would seem like the right answer. I thought you were gonna say soccer. You've you've talked about your well, background in soccer and how you think you could go out there and you could be not too exposed, if you will, keep the flow of the play rolling. I heard you were quite the soccer player back in the day. I will say soccer was my first love and might <laughs> might still be up there. But uh, soccer, I, I would if I could pick multiple sports soccer would definitely be up there as well i love i love playing soccer whether it's just recreational with some buddies or back in the day chopping it up on the the actual pitch but yeah soccer you might you might have answered the question better than i could you're right (laughs) what about you kyle for me oh man i was thinking about this one that's a tough one but i'd probably say golf I like to golf. That's a fun hobby. Oh, yeah. I spend a few hours out on the links with the boys. Oh, nothing better. Beautiful weather. <laughs> good scenery. Oof. I could golf. I could always golf. Hard to beat. We we to love beat. we love that answer, Kyle. Wyatt and I are both big golfers. I mean what what's the key to your golf game? Are you big driver? You good yeah. around the greens, good touch. Oh no, horrendous. Horrendous around the greens. <laughs> That's right. I lose a lot of strokes, but I can hit it pretty far. So I mean my first shot normally has me feeling confident. The second and third shots normally kill my confidence and then I can putt these. So that's sort of how my golf game looks. <laughs> Alright, I got uh this question will be for both of you, but it's gonna start with a story, Kyle. And I, I you may not know anything about this. I actually knew your dad before I knew you. So I had a internship at a radio station ryan actually worked there as well for a little bit it was in egan and do you know that your dad does like a radio program every friday for his job 
yeah, yeah. I, what's yep. it I should literally know what this thing is called, but like, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, I, I, I don't remember either, but he does this. And he told me, I, I happened to meet him one day and he asked where I went to school and I said Northwestern. And he says, oh, my son's actually transferring there to play basketball. And he's like, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a big piece for him. And my brother played for four years in Northwestern. So I knew how good the program was. So I'm thinking, okay. Uh, and I knew who everybody was coming in. So I'm thinking this guy is either really good or his dad's just hyping him up a little bit. Well, it turns out that you're you're pretty good, and you came in right away and made an impact. So he wasn't he wasn't uh, he wasn't lying. And so I just went back to that conversation and thinking. Then he shows up to all those games, and same for you, Caleb. When your parents get to show up, how important is that to have them there to support you and just know that they're behind you, and just to be able to have them in the stands, I guess, and just what that means to you guys. Yeah, I think it's awesome just to have your parents support and um, to always know you have two or more people, depending on who else in the family shows up, always have your back, no matter how the game goes, no matter what happens. Just encouraging and just helps you play with freedom in a sense because you know people are, like, no matter what happens, they always got your back. Agreed. Yeah, I think for me it looks a little, little bit different just because I'm obviously not from – not from here, and I don't have any family here. But when my parents do get to come out, they they always try to make a couple trips out per season. I actually just was talking to my dad yesterday on the phone, and they're coming out in two weekends for uh, we have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday at home, and then they'll come out for um, senior night in February, and then they'll get to see us play when we go to California at Christmas to play two games there. So. When they do get to come, it honestly is, like Kyle said, it. you do kind of play free because you know that it's always fun. Like after the game, you get to go into the stands, hang, hang out with your parents, you know, give your parents a hug. So I don't know. All in all, I think I very much enjoy having my family there to, to watch and support and cheer for me. All righty, Caleb and uh, Kyle, I got one kind of more on the court for you here. So you know Wyatt and I have had the privilege of seeing you guys play a number of games over the last couple of years. And I'd say both of you guys play with some flair and some charisma, and you have some go-tos. I want both of you to tell me what kind of play gets you the most hyped up, the most excited on the basketball floor when you make fill-in-the-blank play. I have a couple in mind for both of you, so I'm looking forward to hearing these answers. But let's start with... Caleb, and then Kyle, what play, when you make it on the floor, gets you the most excited when you execute? You're thinking in your head, this is how I'm going to do it. It happens. What kind of play is that that you can make on the floor? I got two. So first, I get I love a no-look pass. So when I can get a no-look assist, you know, drop a, drop a little dime, I love that. That gets me hyped. And then, But ultimately... I think one of my favorites and one of our team's favorites is when I, when I can take a charge, um, when I can step in front of someone, you know, put my body on the line, take a charge, get the mop, slowly mop up the sweat off the floor. You know, that, people love it because, you know, get gets us extra, extra possession, you know, it's a foul, the turnover on them, whatever, all that, and, yeah, the crowd seems to love it. So I love taking charges. It's one of my, one of my favorite things to do, I'd say. Yeah, for me, I don't even know. Probably, probably a good and one. I like a good nice and one, you know. I like a free one. And it's just like you have a little break, catch your breath, like that. And then uh, the other one probably, I'd say is I love a good defensive stop, especially when I know the dude's trying to ISO me and they take me one-on-one. 
and then you get a good stop or you block the shot or something. I love that one too. Love that one. True. True. Is that what you had in mind for him, Ryan? I got to know. That that was about it. Kyle, uh, we got to say, why didn't I probably say spin cycle for the deuce with you more than, (laughs) more than any other guy. And there's multiple ones in my head that I'm thinking of right now where you spin on a dude, he's just a little bit behind you and you get the hoop and the harm, as I like to call it and get to the foul line. So that's, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's uh, that's maybe one of my favorite calls is on one of Kyle's spin moves that he had a year or two ago. But moving on here, guys, a question I'm going to ask both of you now. And you can't pick each other for this since you room together. You need to pick two teammates and one coach to bring with you to a deserted island, and you're stuck there with them. So you, you cannot go. get away from them 24-7. Two players, one coach. Let's go Kyle first on this one. Oh, man. Put me on the two players, one coach. Okay, well, first I'll start with the coach. I'm taking Coach Crack. I mean, Coach Crack, I know he sells houses, and he's just a volunteer, but I love Coach Crack. That's my guy. I'm taking Coach Crack. And then um, two players, I'm taking Norm. Norm, I mean, he'll just help the time go by. Fun kid to be around, you know. He'll help the time go by. And then two... Desert Island. Okay, here's the question for you. Am I trying to like get off this island or am I like stuck on this island? That's, <laughs> that, a, that's a answer for each one. That is a common question I get anytime this question gets asked. I usually prefer to it as you're stuck on the island. No way to get I'm off. Stuck on the island. So I need to have a good time on the island. Okay. Oof. So yeah, Noah. And then um, I can't bring Wally. That's all right. I'll bring I'll bring Masik. I'll bring Jacob Masik. I'll bring Massey too. Love that. We'll be stranded together. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that context of are we just trying to enjoy this island or are we trying to survive and get off, I yeah. think is very helpful. Um, is. I, I would say for me, Coach, we've asked a very similar question to this actually in our uh, devotional times. We have team devos after all of our practices and like three days a week people give testimonies and then after their testimony we can like basically just ask them questions for like 30 minutes. And we've had very similar ones. And when I got asked this question, I, I think I said Coach Crack too. I think I was going between Coach Gross and Coach Crack. Um, but I think I ultimately landed with Coach Crack. It's a wise dude. I feel like it'd be wise fun. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd make the time pretty enjoyable. And then two teammates. Whew. Let's see. I might have to go just straight with straight survival skills. Uh, junior Jace, I don't even know how to say his last name. Cornstad. He's uh he's from Alaska. The dude like knows how to hunt. He knows how to do everything. So if I'm trying to eat good, you know, if I'm trying to put on some weight, he might be the man to to bring along with. And then uh, secondly, huh, I might bring Masik too, just because. I mean, he is in our living room right now, but that dude would just make it a hilarious adventure, deserted on an island, and oh, he'd keep me young. I'll just put it that way. Oof. Well, it's funny you say that, Waldeck, because that's exactly where I got it from. For baseball devotions, that's a very similar question that we would always ask. So that's where I came up with it, and I always like to hear, always like to hear other people's answers. How does it change if it's surviving? Just out of curiosity, like who's the guy that you guys are thinking of to help you survive? I'm maybe bringing Henry along then. If it's for survival, (laughs) I might bring Henry with answer. Could use a brawler. I feel like he'll brawl. Exactly, <laughs> and like, yeah, I might bring uh, I might bring one of our big guys too, because you know if you start 
if like a bear starts attacking you or something. You know, you just you don't gotta be the fastest. You just can't be the slowest. You know. So if you bring a big guy, <laughs> he's got slow feet. Like, you know, they're in trouble, sure. not you. You know. So survival of the fittest, I guess. That's I love the it. Game of the game. I love it. That went way deeper than I ever thought it was gonna. And a bear on a deserted yeah. island. That's that's a that's quite the picture. Yeah, that's I guess. Else. You, yeah, I guess you don't see that every day, but whatever. Alrighty, I, I got to throw this one at you guys. So you're both seniors on the club. It's still somewhat early in the season, but you know that this period of your life doesn't last forever, if you will. At some point, you won't be able to lace them up anymore for Northwestern. How much are you thinking about the end, if you will, when your time will wrap up here at Northwestern? Do you soak in the moments a little more? This season, do you take a moment to let it all soak in and smell the roses, if you will? Or what's your mindset like during a season like this, knowing, hey, the end is coming soon. You still want to stay locked in on the moment. How's that mental battle for both of you guys? Caleb, you can start this one. Yeah, wow, that is a, a great question. Um, honestly, like you said, it is early in the season, but thus far, like I can't really say I've focused or really like dwelled too much on the end so to speak I think I've I felt very like thankful for the fact that I felt super present to be honest just in like practices games um you know training room before and after practices whatever just like soaking it in uh smelling the roses like you said um and just really just enjoying the day-to-day I think uh it'll probably hit me a little bit more real as you know after the new year once we hit january february we start getting into second round of conference play all that stuff it'll it'll probably become a little bit more real um that the the end is nearing so to speak but as of right now to be honest i'm just living day to day really enjoying really enjoying it so yeah for sure i'd agree with wally it's just staying present in the moment but i actually um have my COVID year still, so I potentially might use it next year just because I took the first uh, first semester last year off and whatnot, so I got some more credits I need to do too, so I might use that one next year too, but um, yeah, I think it's just big about staying in the moment, staying present, enjoying the even the practices and the times that are hard in the season, and just enjoying the whole process of what the season brings and everything it entails. Yeah, it's interesting how that all works with COVID because technically I think I even have two years of eligibility left. So I think quite a few athletes have that decision to make as far as if they want to go back or not. So uh, I'm sure you're not the only one in that position, Kyle. I have I have one last question. This one's just for you, Caleb, being that we were kind of the same major. I don't remember if we had any classes together or not, but the question I would have for you What's been your favorite class you've taken at Northwestern or maybe just who your favorite professor in the media department is? Oh, great question. I, who favorite class. Me and Kyle are in a class right now called Management with, I think oh, her name is Susan Muehlbach. How do you say her last name? Muehlbach or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. We call her I Susan. Wow. She's a lovely lady. She's very, very lovely nice. Lady. Great teacher. She, um, that class is very very um chill is a great word for it it's an enjoyable chill class a lot of group work um yeah that that's a good class but if i wasn't gonna say that one i would say actually sound design with i think brad taught that one brad johnson yep yep um and he that class was fun man we had so many cool projects like fully sound design and just like 
I learned a ton from that, and I'm like, my majors uh, more focused on the film and video um, rather than like sound or audio engineering or anything like that. But um, I really like that class, and Sorensen has been a great advisor. So I either say her or Brad. We call him Uncle Brad. We Uncle like, Brad love Uncle Brad. I mean, you obviously <laughs> had so many classes with him, but he's like knowledgeable, friendly caring i just yeah i really have a lot of respect for him so yeah Alrighty, one more from me fellas to wrap this thing up so we know it's still early we know you can say the cliche we're just taking it one game at a time we'll worry about bigger fish to fry when they come but i know you're thinking about it during the off season after winning the national championship last year when you're prepping for this year you're thinking how can we top that how can we match that moment as far as wide and I know, there's going to be an NCAA tournament, thankfully, once again in March. What do you guys hope to accomplish? What's on that whiteboard in your mind or actually in the locker room for you guys to accomplish later on this season before this thing wraps up? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. I've actually been asked that a decent amount just by friends at school or, you know, um, my parents' friends who have, like, you know, been following along, like, are you guys going to two-peat? Are you going to go to the the real tournament this year? All that stuff. Um, and I think I think our team's first goal um, would be to get to the NCAA national tournament just because if you win your conference tournament, you get a automatic bid into that, um, and hopefully we could do some damage in that tournament as well. Um, but I think it certainly is a mix of, like, Truthfully, I'd say, at least right now, like it is kind of like that cliche you said of date, just take it one day at a time. But looking ahead, it is fun to like to daydream a little bit and and have aspirations and goals for like what are we working for in the day to day, you know? And uh, I'd say to go to the D3 national tournament and um, hopefully win a few games there um, would be would be the goal. So. Yeah, I disagree with Wally. I mean, going to that NCAA national tournament um, would be a great time. And, I mean, always the goal is to win every game. So, obviously, to win that is probably the ultimate goal. But uh, another big goal is just um, getting as good as we can each and every day, letting the process take care of itself, and just yeah, trusting in our abilities. Because we do play a style of basketball that where we truthfully do believe we can beat any team we play. Um, yeah, I feel like we have a lot of confident guys on our team, a lot of people who aren't afraid of the moment in a sense. And even just for last year's experience, I feel like that could all help us a lot come like postseason time and playoff time and whatnot. Right, because we we seriously got to a point in last season where our like our scouts, how we would like scout other teams, seemed to get like shorter and shorter in a way as the season went on because we truly started to just focus more on like what we can we can control and what's like in our power type of a deal. And once we started playing and got to that like ultimate confidence truthfully the last when we went on our run the last like five seven games whatever it was it was it was kind of just about us like we're playing whoever we're going to play we'll scout a little bit we'll be prepared but ultimately like we'll control what we we can control and things obviously worked out really well um super thankful for that but once we get continue building that confidence it's it gets to a point where it's so fun so yeah yeah for sure Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, we really appreciate you taking some time to chat with Wyatt and I. Best of luck the rest of this season. 
Hope it's a healthy rest of the season that you guys soak it in, enjoy all the little things. I know we're both looking forward to watching you guys play along the way and some bigger and better atmospheres as we keep going along inside the Erickson Center. So really appreciate the time, and hey, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy this coming week with your family and uh, get some rest, all right? Thank you very much. Appreciate you thank having you us Thank you so on. much. Yeah, thank you guys so much for, for having us. Joining us now on the podcast, the head coach for the Superior Yellow Jackets men's basketball team, Greg Polkowski. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time to be here with us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you uh, both Ryan and Wyatt for having me and the invite. And uh, as I mentioned to you off air, I, uh, I think it's a cool thing that you guys are doing, um, you know, in the podcast world. And obviously the, the emphasis on the, on the UMAC I think is awesome. So uh, thank you in advance as well. Coach, just starting off, busy week for you guys on the road. We're recording this here on Sunday night, the 21st. You guys not getting back too long ago from your road trip, getting the victory on Saturday against Concordia, and then this past Wednesday falling to St. Scholastica. Start off, just recap for us uh, what this last week has been like for you. You guys get a couple good tests on the road, split those two contests. What's the uh, last couple days, last week been for you and your squad? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I think even going back, um, you know, even the week or so before that, you know, we started the season off on November 5th and, and played a back-to-back uh, in a tournament we host up here at the Merrill Thompson Classic. Um, you know, I got going with that right away, and then, you know, we, we did have a little break and went into a, a tough St. Norbert team, which um, – uh, we started the, the the season off with a split, and then I, I thought we played St. Norbert very competitively. That game went down right to the last minute, um, and then you know catching up to this week, as you said, it's been a busy week. Uh, and we were at Scholastica on Wednesday. Uh, I believe we had the lead with the timeout at with 5:17 left in the game, and and we did not uh, close out that last five minutes well. Um, they outscored us. We had some troubles with some things. And then, you know, we just got back from Moorhead uh, less than 24 hours ago and, uh, um, you know, d- improved from Scholastica. Uh, anytime you're able to go on the road, especially that distance away and get a win um, is a good thing. And I, we had, you know, a similar situation. I, you know, we had a timeout with 518 left. And I, you know, told our guys, you know, we were in this situation a few days ago. And I, I thought we, we grew from where we were on Wednesday and we're able to close that one out. So yeah, we were happy to come away with the win Saturday and, uh, um, you know, we're, we're kind of off this week, but we're kind of not, we, we have an exhibition, uh, this coming Saturday at UW green Bay. Um, and, and it is an exhibition for us, a regular season game for them, but, um, obviously our preparation will, will be as if it's a regular game. So, so another big week ahead of us before we get right back in the thick of it with our, our non-conference schedule again. We don't have to tell you, Coach, how bizarre last season was for so many programs, the stops, the starts, and thankfully for the most part, it's been more normal this season for most clubs. We know there's been some hiccups here and there for some clubs, but give us an insight specifically of what it's been like to go into those hostile environments on the road with your squad, trying to figure things out early in the season, and your specific role as a coach. What's it been like to be playing in front of fans once again? How does that make you feel? Well, it feels great. Uh, I think everybody uh, will be in full agreement on that. I would imagine that it's it's great to have people back in the gym. Um, you know, one for just the the sake of college basketball. Two, you know, I, I think you know you you always like to say you know you you play the game and you know all the outside factors don't matter and you know the game is the game and that's where the focus focus is. But I think it all be lying too if we if we didn't recognize that you know 
not having fans, not having that normal game day environment, uh, which we all experienced last year, you know, it does change things. So we're, we're happy to have fans back in the gym. And, uh, you know, we, you know, the St. Scholastica game is always a big game for us. And, uh, you know, we um, you know, had a great, there was a great crowd up there this past Wednesday. So that was just an awesome environment. We had an exhibition early on uh, against UMD, um, you know, again, right over the bridge. And um, that was a great environment. They had a huge crowd there. And so it's, it's been just awesome. And I think, you know, as you kind of alluded to and where our group is at and not, not a, I wouldn't say an ultra young group, but definitely not a veteran group, you know, just uh, learning how to operate in those environments and, and uh, you know, staying locked in on the things that matter is, is a, an experience for us. So you ask, you know, how we go about it. That's, that's what we're doing right now. We're kind of learning, not learning, but just uh, growing with that, you know, with those environments and those situations you're put in. But um, at the end of the day, we're, we're very happy to have uh people back in the gym that's for sure and I know our guys are for sure as well so coach I know you said uh, off the top that you've listened to some of our podcasts I'm not sure how familiar you are with them but I'm usually tasked with some off-court questions so that's what I'm going to do here tonight as well and the first question I have for you would be away from the basketball court what are some of your hobbies maybe give me one or two of your hobbies you like to do outside of the game of basketball yeah that's um yeah, you know, sometimes that time is limited, but I, I do have a, a young family, uh, my wife and, and two boys, four and seven. So they definitely keep me busy. And I, you know, where where we are located in Superior, Wisconsin, um, you know, we, we enjoy the area we live in, you know, being right on Lake Superior. We spend a lot of time, you know, not necessarily on the water, but, uh, you know, on the, the beaches around here or, you know, right on the lake doing things outdoors. Uh, we got a lot of state parks around here. So um, in the off season or the summer, if you will, when, when things kind of slow down, um, not completely, but a little bit, you know, we, we get out and about and, uh, you know, we're outdoors a lot, whether it's, you know, hiking, camping, like I said, on, on the lake, um, you know, it's a great place to be that way. So we, we uh, take complete full advantage of that. And we're, we're a close department here as well at, at UW Spears. So, you know, a lot of the, my colleagues or our colleagues are, you know, they're our, our friends too. So spend time with them and, um, you know, whether it's school functions or non-school functions and, and enjoy those relationships as well. So I know it's kind of a, a vague answer for you, but, uh, you know, really take, take full advantage of the area we live in up here for sure. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. Getting invested in the community. That's, that's a huge part of it for sure. And being a public face in your position now getting back onto the court, I know it's still somewhat early in the season, but as you guys continue to play more and more games and fans come on down to the Mertz Mortarelli gym, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yep. When people watch a contest and see Yellow Jacket men's basketball and they walk away, what would you like them to say if someone were to ask them, you know, what's the identity of that squad? What's your takeaway from watching Superior men's basketball this season? What would you like people to be saying when they watch your guys' squad this season? Well, that's a great question and something that, uh, you know, we talk about. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say we talk about daily, uh, directly in that sense, but, you know, what we do talk about daily is our identity and, and the actions that we we go through each day and what we value. And I, I think it's similar to come watch us. Uh, hopefully you guys are able to get up here at some point. You know, we, we have put a big emphasis on the defensive end of things and uh, being very disciplined there being very hard to score on you know some we take pride in I think we've seen some some flashes of that early 
Um, I think, you know, the question we're faced with right now is, is really how far do we want to take that? And obviously you got to score the basketball, uh, you know, to win the game as well. But, you know, we've been very committed to that. Uh, we've had to, you know, take our finger off it a little bit and get things going offensively too. But, you know, we really pride ourselves on the defensive end of the ball. You know, we feel that we play, um, you know, everything's a team approach. You know, we, we don't have a lot of ISOs and things like that. We guard as a team. You know, when we talk about matchups, it's not necessarily one guy has got to shut down this guy. You know, we really focus on, you know, you know our team guarding their team. And all five guys are going to, you know, hopefully limit a guy and, and ultimately limit the other team. And on the off, offensive end of the floor, too, you know, we want that ball to move. We want all five guys involved. Um, so I think if somebody walks away from watching us, you know, they, they say in their walkout of Mertz Rally that, you know, hey, that team really gets after it on the defensive end. They share the ball. Um, you know, they're together in everything they do. And, and you know, I, I think ultimately, too, you – I think when we're at our best, we play with a great energy, a great sense of, you know, whether it's individually our bench, the guys on the floor, you know, we're getting after it. There's a toughness to us. Um, now, I'm biased in that answer, but that's what we're striving for. And, and – you know, some nights are better than others, but, you know, each night we go out and each practice, we're trying to make that a little bit better each time. I, I know that's kind of some coach speak for you, but that that's also ultimately how I really feel, too. There's nothing better than playing at home, coach, but where is one gym in the UMAC that you enjoy traveling to and playing? Is there one that sticks out compared to the rest? Mm, that's another good question. Um, one that I enjoy traveling to... Um, yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, I I like all of them in their own way. Um, you know, I I think that we've had you know uh, under the radar rivalry a little bit these last couple of years, kind of develop a little bit with Bethany. Um, you know, I listened to your one of your podcasts and you talked about our year last year, and you know we lost that semifinal game um, at. Mankato at Bethany Lutheran um, last year. Um, yeah, we had played we had played four of our last. I don't know how many games it was. The majority of our games that we had played going over the course of the last calendar year had been in Mankato because you know in the nineteen twenty season we played our last two games in Mankato, and then last year we played two games in Mankato. So like four of our however many games that was, nine games or almost half. We had played more games in Mankato over that calendar year than we had played in our own gym with that COVID year. So for whatever reason, that kind of strikes me a little bit. I, I think that becomes a competitive environment in there. Um, I, I, I do like Northwestern's gym um, to a certain degree. Um, you know, Morris is always a challenge for us out there. So I won't say I like that, but at the same time, you're kind of attracted to a challenge out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, again kind of a vague answer, but uh, you know, I guess I like them all in their own way. But you know, those those couples stick out in, the, in to a certain degree for me. Coach, we don't have to tell you we're not too far away from UMAC play getting started. You mentioned those Bethany Lutheran Vikings. That'll be the opener for you guys at home. We hope that's a rocking atmosphere on Friday the tenth and another good matchup between your club and Bethany. How would you describe what you've experienced in this conference and what you see right now from UMAC men's basketball? You've now been here for some time. It maybe doesn't get all the notoriety that some of these other conferences do in the upper Midwest, but how would you describe what you see night in, night out from UMAC men's basketball? 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I'll just jump to, you know, you talk about the opener coming up here in, you know, two, three weeks. Um, I think the UMAC's going to be um, as good as it's been in in a while. I think, you know, I think the league returns a ton. Uh, really, everybody, not just one or two teams, everybody returns uh, a lot of their core um, and that's going to make it to be a very competitive league. Um, you know, many of the schools in the UMAC, prior to me being the head coach here in what was the fall of 2017, I had some familiarity with. I, I played here at UW-Superior at that time. We were in the WIAC, and then I coached in the WIAC before coming to, to UW-Superior. So I, I was familiar with some of the schools, having played them non-conference-wise, but I, I guess I, I wasn't really as familiar, you know, from a league standpoint. So... Um, it, it did take a little time for me to just get a really good feel for the league. And, uh, I do think the league is very competitive and, and not only within our own league, but I, I think, um, you know, if you look in just non-conference games, uh, you know, you'll see UMAC schools competing slash winning, uh, the success that the UMAC has had in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years, I think speaks for itself as well. Um, I'm just checking my computer here. I had a little glitch. Um, yeah, so I, I think the league is at a at a very high level, I, and that's why I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, now, I've been around upper Midwest basketball, like you said, since 2003, and, and there's definitely been no shortage of great talent in the upper Midwest, but I, I think what the UMAC provides is, is a very competitive league, and I, I think the team that is fortunate enough to come out of the UMAC at the end of February – uh, going into that NCAA tournament um, is a contender, um, you know, to, you know, to enter NCAA tournament play. And, you know, you can define contender however you want, but um, I, I do think that the, the league supplies good basketball teams. Yeah, that's something me and Ryan talk about is how some people just assume it's the MIAC, then the UMAC is kind of the little brother, but that's obviously not the as you said, in the NCAA tournament, the UMAX had success. We see it in the regular season, too, so it is a very high-quality mm -hmm. level of play. Coach, maybe there's nothing here, but I got to ask, because I played with this guy in high school, and I don't think he's on your team anymore. Joe Kramer, he's not there anymore, is he? Well, he's uh, – that's funny you bring that up. Uh, he uh, he is not in uniform anymore, but he is uh, – he is – uh, he was a student assistant for us last year and and we're thankful that you know he's he's made the commitment and the the decision to stay in coaching and stay in that profession and he's actually with us you know really in a full-time capacity not full-time pay or full-time job uh, you know classification or whatnot but he's he's with us every single day coaching on the road um, you know he's he's very involved in our program so yes Joe Kramer is uh, uh, definitely still with the program for sure. Okay, he was, he was a guy I played with in high school, one of the nicest guys I've ever known or met. But I will say he's a little bit of an odd dude, or at least he was in high school. So I just wonder, is there like a funny story that you have of him, or is there something that comes to mind when you think of the name Joe Kramer? Well, um, funny story. I don't know. I guess you just you just you could ask me every single day. Um, but, uh, you know, oh, man, it's, it's, it's with Joe, it's, it's not – it's not necessarily a funny story like, oh, that one time or anything like that, even though I'm sure I could pull some of those out. But it's just if you get in conversation with Joe, and, and, and I'm sure you have in the past, uh, you you find yourself just really wondering, uh, you know, 
after every conversation, you know, but, but I, I, uh, I think that's why him and I complement each other really well, because I, I like to communicate. I like to bounce things off, uh, you know, all of our assistants and Joe's been with us every single day, uh, last year and this year. So, you know, he, he always has some type of insightful thought. Sometimes that might make you go, what, what, what's going through your head. And that sometimes, uh, um, you're like, hey, that's that's a good idea. So, no, my appreciation for Joe Kramer being with us is is great uh, or is, is very high. Um, you know, as far as funny story though, you know, I think uh, all I can say is you, you gotta you gotta experience it. It's not something I can even describe. You just gotta you gotta be with him. You gotta live it, type of thing. So, sorry to bail out on that, but I think as you know him, you you can understand what I'm saying. That that's a great way to describe it. So no worries, coach. I just had to ask. And uh, since he still is there, I didn't know he was with you guys. Just let him know I say hi because I haven't talked to him for a while. So no, we'll uh, do. We'll do. Coach, you mentioned how you guys had that close call against Bethany last year in the UMAC tournament, falling in that quarterfinal matchup. Looking ahead, I know you don't want to look too far ahead as a coach, but when we get to crunch time, if you will, later in January into February. What's it going to take for you guys to climb deeper into the UMAC tournament, get into the semifinals, potential a championship, if you could boil it down to one or a few things? We're going to have to do this well to make some noise deep in the season and have an opportunity to play in some big games in late February. What would you say that's going to be? Well, if, if we want to get in the tournament and then win in the tournament, um, we're going to have to defend at a high level. And that comes at no surprise to anybody that's going to listen to this. One, as a basketball fan, or two, that has watched our program, uh, knowing that's something that we value. But we're, we're really going to have to defend well. And I think our, our effort in, our, in our, our valuing the defensive side of the ball has always been high. I do think that our, our strategy, if you will, or our, our, our scheme defensively, is as refined as it's ever been. So I think for us to really, um, you know, really just keep cleaning that up every day, if we can do that and we're really valuing that, um, that's going to give us a chance. If we can defend at the level that we feel we can. And so that that's my first go-to. Uh, where we are right now, five games in, uh, I think offensively uh, we have some tools there. I think offense is something that that always is is growing, and that you're always you know trying to get to a point that you're in flow is is the word that we use, um, you know. And I, I think we're in that process right now of finding the different ways that we're able to score the basketball, and we are starting to find that flow right now. So I think by the end of January, uh, going into February, you know, hopefully not hopefully we will be at a place where you know we're at that spot and be able to produce on the offensive end of the floor just consistently and back to my earlier answer it's not going to be through one guy it's that again our whole group is in flow that we ultimately have five threats on the floor out there obviously some are going to be more than others uh but we're gonna we're gonna need to keep cleaning that up and um but defending and, and us improving offensively and as, as you guys mentioned on one of your earlier podcasts uh, we're going to need to rebound the basketball. And what we've seen five games in this year is that we are trending that way. You know, we've had some games where we've won the rebounding battle. I believe this weekend at Concordia, we, we were 
you know, we split. We were, I think we were both at 41 boards apiece, or I'm not sure exactly what it was, but we we tied it. We have been better on the glass this year, um, so that that has always been our Achilles heel. Uh, so that is going the right way right now. So I, I think, uh, you know, again, we're defending at a high level. Uh, we get our group in flow with, with multiple threats on the floor, which is just how we play and the direction we're going with that offensively. And then, you know, being able to continue to grow on, on the rebounding side of things, um, you know, that's what it's going to take for us. Well, Coach, I got to say we appreciate knowing that you're listening to the podcast. And if we ever say anything that maybe, you know, isn't great for your team, hey, just use it as bulletin board material, all right? Oh, just it's make all sure. good. It's all good. <laughs> it's, all, it's all fair. Yeah, no problem. But uh, I think we'll just leave it at that, Coach. We don't want to take all your night, but we appreciate you being willing to join us. And we're wishing you the best of the luck the rest of the season and as you move forward. And if you're, whether it's me and Ryan getting out there to Superior at some point, or if you're back at Northwestern, we happen to be there, we'll make sure we stop in and say hi. But yeah, just thanks for thanks for taking some time. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you both. Uh, yeah, feel free to let me know when you're ever in Superior or uh... Uh, happy to be on again anytime. And thanks again, guys, uh, for, for what you're doing with this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate both uh, Coach Polkowski and then the players from Northwestern, Caleb Waldeck and Kyle Kamink. I, I wanted to mention that with Kyle too, Ryan. We still found a way to butcher his last name the first like month when he was on the team. Better late than never. We got and it we we got it eventually. And it I took don't a think, couple conversations with his dad, but we. Got I was it. gonna say I don't think him or his his family hold it against us or anything, but. Anyways, we thank them for coming on this week's edition of the podcast. The player thing is something we definitely are going to have to do moving forward. I thought that went very well, and I'm sure we'll get a great response from that as well. So we'll continue to look to do that. If you have people you want us to interview, if there's players that want to come on, we'll work with coaches too. If we want to get players as well, you know how to get a hold of us, but we'll say it again. UAO. The UMAC at gmail.com is the best way to do it. You can also DM us on Twitter. The DMs are always open, unlike any other The UMAC. Just search for it and you'll find it. If you're listening to this podcast, be sure to download it so you can listen anytime, anywhere. I'm just looking out for you, making sure you're not using up all your data. I mean, that's that's a problem I run into. So, uh, But yeah, just uh, other things to keep in mind moving forward. Like I said, with Thanksgiving earlier in the podcast, We'll see what we have for this next week's episode. It might end up being a little bit shorter, but we're going to try and get some guests on, and we'll see what happens. But, Ryan, conference is right around the corner. It's just a great time of the year. Enjoy Thanksgiving first, though, like you said, with your family. I'm glad you mentioned it. I was going to say the same thing to you, Wyatt. I hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. what's, What's the favorite thing on the table for you? I was going to say, we got to bring back the uh, chatter, Chatterbox Sports food bracket. Um, I mean, probably just the, the mashed potatoes with the gravy, just because for whatever reason, the gravy at Thanksgiving always tastes better than any other time you eat gravy, which isn't very often throughout the year, yep. for me at least. But yep. So I'm going mashed potatoes and gravy. What about you? I'm a huge potatoes guy. Love mashed potatoes, but I will say, I maybe only have it one other time throughout the year but most years i only have pumpkin pie for thanksgiving so i love the meal i love the buildup, but you always have in the back of your mind you know what when i'm sitting down and watching the dallas cowboys rooting for them at lose, the end of the day when you um, go back for the yes, leftovers i'm looking forward to that pumpkin pie as i watch the cowboy yeah. game they're the uh, yeah the afternoon game. You don't even have to get to the night game. You just start chowing down on that well, pie early see, in the Wyatt, afternoon. Wyatt, we normally eat 
near the end of the first game, if not after the first game, but Detroit versus Chicago tomorrow. Who wants to watch that? So we'll probably start eating it around that's, two, that's, something around there. So it's a very good point. I mean, why are they even? <laughs> yeah, why are they even participating in that game? Hey, you know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> with that, I think we'll end this week's edition. We'll see you next week. Uh, We will have an episode, obviously. We always produce one every week. We'll see what it entails and what is in it. Again, any questions, let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And again, a special thanks to the guests that came on this week. We'll see you next time on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast.